Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! I have you now. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. Good morning, Vietnam! Hey, this is not a test. This is rock and roll. Time to rock it from the Delta to the DMZ. Sam Mears, that sound like an Elvis Presley movie. Viva Da Nang. Oh, Viva Da Nang. Da Nang me, Da Nang me. Why don't they grow up and hang me? Hey, it's a little too early for being that loud. Hey, too late. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh my God, it's early. Speaking of early, how about that Crow Magnon, Marty Drywitz? Thank you, Marty, for that silky smooth sound. Make me sound like Peggy Lee. Freddie and the Dreamers. We're going to listen to Wrong Speed. We got it done the wrong speed. For those of you recovering from a hangover, that's going to sound just right. I could just keep going. Do. This is one of my favorite movies, go, one of my yeah. favorite, favorite movies, one of my, and I had this whole thing. So here's, here's where you don't give a soundtrack of a movie to a child. Yep. The, uh, the soundtrack to this movie we had on cassette tape. My dad bought the cassette tape of this one and I absolutely loved listening to that cassette tape and I'd listen to the music too, cause it's got good music on it, but I mostly wanted to listen to it for all of the different segments of Robin Williams, just running through the Adrian Cronauer stuff. Yeah. And as, as a child, as a probably a nine or 10 year old, there'd be no way I'd give this to John Ezra now to let him to listen to, but, um, and, and I didn't understand half of what he was saying. So here I am a little 10 year old repeating back things that I don't understand. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, and I had the, I had the whole thing memorized as a kid and still do. And I could just, I could rattle off any part of this that you want to be to rattle off and yeah. Yeah. You were an advanced 10-year-old. Well, in some ways, yes, and in not so good ways. <laughs> yeah. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He's left Crete. He's entered the demilitarized zone. Hey, what is this demilitarized zone? What do they mean? Police action. Sounds like a couple of cops in Brooklyn going, you know, she looks pretty to me. Hey, whatever it is. I like it because it gets you on your toes better than a strong cup of cappuccino. What is a demilitarized zone? Sounds like something out of The Wizard of Oz. Oh, no, don't go in there. Oh, we oh. Oh, Chimin. Oh, look, you've landed in Saigon. You're among the little people now. We represent the Arvan Army, the Arvan Army. Oh, no, follow the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Follow the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Yeah, you, you just do this all night. Got a yeah. water buffalo jackknife up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a water buffalo jackknife up here. Uh, it's not a very pretty picture. There's horns everywhere. I don't know what to say. We're going to maybe drop in a little napalm there, try to cook him down, maybe a little barbecue. I always like Bob Freeber in artillery. Oh, yeah. Ah, you, we got somebody out in the field today. What's your name? My name's Bob Freeber. Play Bob. everyone. Just play it loud, yes. man. Hey, thank you, Bob. Can we play anything for you? Anything. Just play it loud, okay? You know, and I think, I think you know, you get this soundtrack. I mean, even if you listen to the soundtrack before the movie, this, this was maybe the introduction for us to Robin Williams as stand-up. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. now we maybe have seen him in movies, and I mean, I grew up watching Mork and Mindy. But this was actually like a little sampling of Robin Williams' stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. And oh, I yeah. mean, 
the reason we call him a genius for a reason. So, you know, it's just filled with that. Mm -hmm. And, and I will, I will watch anything Robin Williams because of this movie. You know, I would have watched, I probably would have seen him first in Popeye. That would have been probably, and, and Mork and Mindy. Those probably would have been some of the earliest, um, would have been some of the earliest things I would have seen him in. Uh, you guys would appreciate, and, and she's probably going to text me something right now, because I'm going to read uh, what my wife just texted me from upstairs. Um, she just texted me and said, and you needed the other guys to join you in your podcast. Why? <laughs> you just text uh, wife gets you, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. She understands. Well, we, you, you needed other people to marvel at your greatness. That's, that's true, that's too. That's it. That's true. So yeah, no, this, this would have been, um, and I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think of when I would have seen this movie for the first time, but I feel like it was, I feel like it was pretty early on. I mean, I kind of feel like I was maybe in, maybe in middle school when I saw this, it, it wouldn't have been when it first came out, but yeah, hmm, yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Probably high school. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I I got so excited. I, we skipped over a whole bunch of stuff here. So let me, let me backtrack just a little bit. And, uh, if you haven't figured it out by now, we're talking about good morning Vietnam this time around It's episode number 147. This is, this is not good morning Vietnam. This is the 30 something movie podcast. And this is episode number 147. We are in the middle of our month of war movies. Um, and, and given that we're in the eighties, they're all Vietnam war movies pretty much. Um, just very quickly, we did, we apparently have already spoiled some stuff cause we couldn't control, I say we, I couldn't control myself. Um, so you may want to go see the movie first cause we're going to talk all about it. We're probably going to quote it up and down, uh, but do that and then come on back. We'll still be here. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. If you haven't, it really helps us out. It allows more people to see the show, moves us on up in the iTunes charts. Um, and then we just get to find out what it is that you feel like we're doing well or what are, what are the kind of things that we could uh, be working on to make it a better show. Uh, I am joined. There are other people here. It's not just me this time. Um, and, and so I've got Bo. Bo, how are you doing? Hello. There we go. And uh, I've got uh, the um, indomitable Pat Canigallo. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. And I'm sorry for leaving you hanging last time, by the way. Oh, no, that's fine. I was, things got away from me. No, no, no worries. No worries. I was able to I was able to hold up the the Empire of the Sun. Dude, I bet you did. So. All right, so we're going to jump right on into it because clearly we we not going to talk about anything else this episode. So, uh this time around we are talking Good Morning Vietnam again if you had not figured that out by now. Uh the release date on this one was the 23rd of December 1987, was rated R, a runtime of 2 hours and 1 minute, directed by Barry Levinson, who also did The Natural, Rain Man, Sleepers, Toys and Wag the Dog. Producers on this one were Larry Bresner, who died in 2015. He did The Burbs and Ride Along. Mark Johnson, who did The Notebook, Rain Man, and Breaking Bad. Writer on this one was Mitch Markowitz, who did Crazy People. Cinematography was done by Peter Sova, who also did Donnie Brasco, Lucky Number 11. Music was done by Alex North, who died in 1991. He also did A Streetcar Named Desire and Spartacus. Budget was $13 million. The box office was $123.9 million, so it did very, very well. Robin Williams, who died in 2014, uh, played Adrian Cronauer. He also did Aladdin, Mrs. Doubtfire, Jumanji, and Dead Poets Society. Forrest Whitaker was Edward Garlick. He was in Platoon, The Last King of Scotland, and Rogue One. Uh, Tung Than Tran was Tuan, and he, this is his only movie credit. 
Uh, Chintara Sukapatana was Trin, and this was, uh, let's see, Dorm and Love Not Yet were a couple of other movies. Uh, Bruno Kirby, who died in 2006, was Lieutenant Stephen Hawke. He was in Godfather Part Two When Harry Met Sally and Donnie Brasco. Robert Wall was Marty Lee Drywitz. He was in Batman and Bull Durham. J.T. Walsh, who died in 1980, 1980 no, I'm sorry, 1998, was Sergeant Major Dickerson. Uh, reminds me of Donna Reed, especially around the eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Sergeant Major Dickerson. Um, a Few Good Men and Pleasantville. Noble Willingham, who died in 2004, was General Taylor. He was in Ace Ventura and the Last Boy Scout. Richard Edson was Private Abersole. He was in Platoon and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Junie Smith was Phil McPherson. Um, was in Hill Street Blues and Lethal Weapon 2. Richard Portnow was Dan the Man Levitan. He was in The Sopranos and Trumbo. And Kuba Nguyen was Jimmy Wah, and he was in Desperate But Not Serious and Missing Brendan. Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave it a 90%, but if you look at top critics, it was an 80%, and the audience gave it an 82%. Uh, Vincent Canby of the New York Times said, Make no mistake about it, Mr. Williams' performance, though it's full of uproarious comedy, is the work of an accomplished actor. Good Morning Vietnam is one man's tour de force. He gave it a four out of five. And Hal Hinson of the Washington Post said, it hardly delivers on the promise of giving us the pure, undiluted Williams, Williams at his best. What's more, it's not even close to being his best movie. It's not even close to being good. Wow. Hal Hinson apparently is a horrible human being, but we'll exactly. talk about that later. Um, no, actually we won't. He's a horrible human being and he's totally wrong. Um, that's not true. I'm sorry, Hal. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> sorry, Hal. Um, that totally, that, that's next week when we talk about uh, Stanley Kubrick. Uh, cinema score, people had a good time, so they gave it an A- when they left the theater. Uh, awards for this one, it was nominated for one Oscar, it won one Golden Globe for Robin Williams, and it won one Grammy for Best Comedy Recording Soundtrack, which is why I probably memorized the whole thing. Yes. In 1965, an unorthodox, irreverent DJ named Adrian Cronauer begins to shake up things when he's assigned to the U.S. Armed Services radio station in Vietnam. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He's entered the demilitarized zone. Good morning, Vietnam! Wow! I Time to rocket from the Delta to the DMZ. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God. It's Mr. Leo. You know, this whole camouflage thing for me doesn't work very well. Why is that? Well, because you go in the jungle, I can't see you. If you're going to fight, clash. That is not what we program here. Surprise, surprise, surprise. You are not funny. <laughs> you're not going to last long here. Boy, do I have a surprise for you. Good morning, Vietnam. In 1965, Adrian Cronauer was sent to do the impossible. I was sent here on very strict orders from a colonel. What the hell's going on here? His mission? To build morale. Where are you from? Off of uh, Cleveland, man. Obviously, Vietnam's not that much of a change for you. His strategy? Keep them laughing. If someone is not telling the truth, you say that they are full of... His problem? Staying out of trouble. You want to stick to playing normal modes of music. Jim Neighbors, Matovani... Percy Faith. Percy Faith, good! Yeah! He did a very off-color parody of former VP Nixon. Seeing as how the VP is such a VIP, shouldn't we keep the PC on the QT? Because if it leaks to the VC, you can end up an MIA, and then we'd all be put on KP. <laughs> Sir, the man is a walking keg of dynamite. He's read unofficial news. Ethel Merman jams Russian radar. Hello, I've got a feeling. 
What's he going to be like in six months? Big dogs landing on my face. What's he going to be like when he's ten times as popular? <laughs> what's the weather like out there? It's hot. Damn hot. Hot and wet. That's nice if you're with a lady, but it ain't no good if you're in the jungle. Touchstone Pictures presents Robin Williams as Airman Adrian Cronauer, the wrong person. Very attractive man, ever saw. Don't think I haven't noticed. In the wrong place. This will not look good on a resume! At the right time. Good morning, Vietnam! What a country. Heat, humidity, terrorism. Still, it's better than New York in the summertime. Robin Williams ad-libbed all of Adrian Cronauer's broadcasts. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and you can find, if you go to YouTube and look for outtakes, uh, or, or I don't know if it was outtakes or if there was some other way of labeling it, they have where they just let the camera roll. And you get to see him just running through all these different bits and pieces that they're going to use at different points during the movie. And it's kind of funny to see him do alternate takes to what ended up in the movie. So if you go on a YouTube, there's there's a couple of videos out there that'll show you some of the outtakes. Check that out. That sounds cool. Yeah, it was yeah, it was that, kind of a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, that is really cool. Because you'll see him, and I and I'm sure this is how he does this. And I've I've actually listened to, I've listened to most of his most of the recordings you can find of his different stand-ups that he's done, um, that are available on YouTube or or in a couple other places. And you can tell as the years go by, sometimes he will reuse the exact same joke, but he's tweaked it just a little bit, which I would imagine most comedians do. Um, but there were some, some recordings that um, you could tell he was doing the same, kind of the same stand-up routine. It was maybe like later in the year, and he had taken something and, and had tweaked it just a little bit and was just reusing it and maybe emphasizing a word differently or, or whatever. And, and that's kind of what you see, do, you see him doing in this video is, and you see him kind of talking through it. He's like, ah, that, that wasn't good. That's not going to, that, that kind of fell flat. Let's do that. Uh, we'll do that again in a few minutes, but, but uh, we're not going to use that one. That one was dumb. So that was kind of oh. fun. Uh, Robin Williams's portrayal of Adrian Cronauer has led to a little bit of confusion as to the beliefs of the real Cronauer. The real Cronauer has said that the film is about 45% accurate, uh, according to a biography on Robin Williams. Uh, the real Cronauer has said that the film misrepresented him to make him seem anti-war when he was, in his own words, quote, anti-stupidity. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, today, Cronauer, who is now a lawyer, remains an active Republican and was vice chairman of the 2004 Bush-Cheney re-election campaign. Uh, mm -hmm. Furthermore, Cronauer has also said if he had done half the things Williams did in the film, he would have been court-martialed and sent to Fort Leavenworth and would still be there today. Well, yeah, that's... Yeah, it's, it's Hollywood. Um, yeah, the, uh, the script actually went through several revisions after it was originally drafted by the actual live, the real life Adrian Cronauer in 1979, uh, Cronauer himself first pitched it as a TV series, then a movie of the week. Uh, and then apparently Robin Williams or somebody related to the production found it and, or no, it wasn't Robin Williams. Somebody found it and said, you know what, this, the chance to be a radio DJ, um, this would be perfect for Robin, Robin Williams style of comedy. So we're going to get this and we're going to turn this into a movie and we're going to have this be a Robin Williams deal. Uh, and then the last thing I've got here on background is, and I didn't realize this until I was listening to a, a different podcast, uh, not too long ago as Adrian chases Twan through the alley. The background music is actually a cut from Alex North's unused score for 2001, a space odyssey from 1968. I didn't realize that 2001, a space odyssey had completely different music done by Alex North, 
the composer, that when Stanley Kubrick watched the movie with his music, he said, mm, yeah, no, doesn't work. Mm. But it was, it was all completely original music, and he said, no, I, I think I'm going to go with uh, some, some already established classical stuff. Interesting. And apparently, I'm trying to remember, oh, let's see if I can do this on the fly, um, Alex North 2001 score, it actually got reused in its entirety in a totally different movie. The Shoes of the Fisherman. Hmm. So, never seen the movie. Uh, never yeah. heard of the movie. Yeah. Uh, says it would eventually be recycled by North for his later scores to Shanks, Dragon Slayer, and The Shoes of the Fisherman. Dragon Slayer? Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. So, there was he had an entire score written, and they replaced it because he decided... Stanley Kubrick said, "Yeah, no, no, we're gonna go Gosh, with uh, we're gonna go with something else." Crazy to think about 2001 with different music, though. I know. Well, I mean, because that's such a big part of it. Yeah. You can't when you think 2001, you think the they also spruck, uh, spoke yeah. Zarathustra. You're having. I'm gonna yeah. mispronounce yeah. that whole thing. God bless you. Say that one three times real fast. No. That's, no. <laughs> even notice, even the band guy can't do it. Right. <laughs> Just like I'm not gonna say it three times fast. Definitely not. <laughs> which is which is why I feel better about myself. So, all right. Uh, so this movie I've, seems like a silly question. To ask. Well, let's start with this one. When was the first time you saw this? Oh, wow. I already said I think I saw it probably in middle school. So a few years yeah, after I didn't it came high out. For me. Okay. But I can't put up. I can't even get an estimate out of my brain. The best I can say is it's somewhere in high school. Yeah. But I like you knew the soundtrack before I knew the movie. Yes. I had a paper route, and I would take my Walkman with me. There you go. To keep myself entertained, and it was one of the tapes that I would take with me was the go. soundtrack. There you movie. go. Because it would just it make you laugh, so you wouldn't really notice that you were bored out of your skull riding around on your bike mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. So, <laughs> uh, kids, a Walkman was a device several <laughs> years ago that uh, we put these small things called tapes in uh, short for cassette tapes and uh, we put it in and there was a limited amount of music that you could put on these um, and you had to listen to it from beginning to end you know you could fast forward and rewind but um, you know it was uh, you you had to take some time and you kind of had to guess where unless your Walkman unless your Walkman was really fancy and it could do that whole thing where it fast forward and then stops before the next song starts because I remember having one at one point that was... I was saying, you remember the first one you got that would do that? Yeah. How cool that was? Blew my mind. I mean, I thought that was the wave of the future. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, and, and that was... I mean, my, my dad would play this in the car. When we'd go places, he'd, he'd stick this tape in the car, and we'd listen to it in the car. And I remember stealing it and listening to it in my room and listening to it on my Walkman. And, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think same same boat. I probably had the soundtrack and listened to that over and over and over again before I ever watched this movie. And it's probably for the best. I think when I first started listening to the soundtrack, I don't think I could have quite grasped the themes of this movie. Right. I probably still would have enjoyed it, but the last 15, 20 minutes would have been lost on me. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I didn't, I don't think I enjoyed the movie for what it is until I was much older. Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, the, what makes this a good movie is something that I don't think a middle school or probably even a high school kid is, is going to grasp. I would agree with that. So, Pat, when was the first time you saw this one? 
Uh, the same as what you guys are saying. I maybe late middle school or early high school, um, and I remember <clears throat> my parents talking about this because this is one of their favorite movies. Um, in fact, my mom just texted tonight. You know, um, as we were podcasting, I got a text from my mom saying, "Oh, my, I love that movie. That was one of my favorite movies," and and so on. And you know. I, I want to say that someone, we, there was some history class project or something where someone referenced this movie as part of their group, or maybe they mm. were taking a look at anti, you know, they were studying like the anti-war thing or, or something, and they referenced this movie. And I remember going home and asking my folks about it and saying, hey, this is what they referenced and all this. And then they said, you know, my folks were like, oh, yeah, that's a great movie. And then I think we got it that weekend and watched it. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, yeah, I saw it back then, and and really, I thought, again, it it's just it it shows you another piece of the Vietnam War, and you know the the behind the lines thing, you know, um, obviously, you know they have to deal with the the terrorist bomb, you know, the the VC bombings and all that kind of stuff. Early, relatively early in the war, 1965 is when the story takes place, so. You know, it, it hasn't quite, things haven't quite completely unraveled yet. And, you know, you see them struggling with, well, the, the movie, the, the crux of the movie is, I'm, I, I don't know, you just asked when did I see it, I'm kind of getting long-winded, yeah, no, so no, may, uh, maybe I'll no, stop till you move to the next, okay, I mean, sorry, just I just gonna, realized that. No, you're just going to move us into the next section, it's fine. Okay, if that's okay, yeah, all right, well. Um, all right, we're talking out in the field uh, today, we've got Pat, a long-winded Pat here. Pat, how's it going? Tell us a little bit about the movie, Pat. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I'll, I'll be concise, but it, no, no, it, it was, it was, um, now I've lost my bloody train of thought, <laughs> but it, it, on the surface, it was an interesting thing because he was trying to push the bounds and the, the military guys were pushing back. And when you take a step back, you know, you could kind of see it. I mean, yeah, Sergeant Major, Major Dickerson was a jerk. Um, but he was also pushing, you know, I mean, these, these, these guys were trying to keep this whole thing together, you know, the, this whole thing together. So having some guy shooting from the cuff and you're never sure what he's going to say. Yeah, I could see that. But that was kind of beside the point. The, the, later on, when you saw it and what, what really was fascinating about this movie is just all the little hints and innuendos that, boy, this war was not going to go well. You know, just, you know, like the jokes about who he, he doesn't play police conflicts. He only plays wars. Yeah. Right. Bob, um, Bob a big room. There. Yeah. And then the one guy who's just a bit party says, well, what if we escalate? Now look at him. Yeah. Like, well, what do you mean escalate? <laughs> well, what if you escalate? Why don't we escalate? You know? And it was just yeah. like, it just kind of, you know, those, there were little pieces in there. It was done in a very light manner, yeah. um, but it was little pieces in there that were just like, you know, you get this little pit in your stomach, like, Oh, you know, there's going to be 10 more years of things falling apart. And, um, so well, it yeah, gets sorry. you uh, talk about, talk about the rambling man. Jeez. Yeah, sorry about that guy. Well, I mean, it gets you the same. And, and I think that's what I like about this movie. E- even if it wasn't one of my favorite movies, what I like about this movie with regard to it being a war movie, you know, if we're throwing this into the rest of our movies for this month, um, and we're going to talk about probably one of the most intense ones next week when we talk about Full Metal Jacket. But one of the things about this movie that I think it does, I, I think the reason I like it more than the other movies we've talked about this month 
um, Empire of the Sun, Full Metal Jacket, Hamburger Hill, and even going back to uh, Platoon that we did last year. Um, I think that what I appreciate about this movie is it still gets you that message of war is a terrible thing and there is a Mm -hmm. human cost to the war, but it does it in such a way that is not depressing and psychologically torturous. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's in, in some, in some ways it's, it's very lighthearted, but I think, I think then it, it kind of counterbalances that with, you have the scenes where you have the bombings Mm -hmm. and you have the scenes where, um, you know, the, the one scene that just, you know, just, gets me and and makes me think of, you know, this is the human cost of the war is not a scene where anything explodes. It's not a scene where you do any, there's any kind of fighting or charging up a hill or, or anybody being broken by a drill sergeant. It's the scene where he is, ends up in his, he's in his Jeep. And I think um, he's surrounded by the other, the, the guys who are in the trucks and somebody recognizes him and he starts talking to him. And he starts mm-hmm. asking them what their names are, and he's kind of riffing with them and, and doing his whole little routine. And uh, then he asks them where they're going, and they says, you know, the, and they, they say, this is where we're going. And he's like, oh man, that's some, you know, that that's some pretty heavy stuff. You guys be careful. And then he just kind of leaves it at, well, you know, you guys uh, take care of yourselves. I, I won't forget you. And then they all drive off. And when they drive off, you get the sense that these kids are not coming back. And he knows mm-hmm. most likely that these kids are not coming back. And uh, that scene in particular that gives me the exact same message that I need to know about any war, but about the Vietnam war in the same way as any platoon full metal jacket. And it gives it to me in a way that is not overly violent and not overly, you know, psychological. And that may be one of the reasons that I like this movie, especially as a war movie is I get that same message and I get that same feeling, but in a way that, I don't have to endure the rest of the, the hell of war. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Right. right. Which is, which is always surprising to me because these are, I mean, my two favorite movies of his are the ones that are not necessarily comedies. I don't know that I want to consider this one a comedy. Um, right. you know, he's a funny guy in a dramatic movie. This one and dead poet society are my two favorite movies of his. And, right. and they're, you know, Dead Poet Society by no stretch is it a comedy, but it's the same kind of thing. He's, he's a teacher. He's you know, in this situation working with these kids. It's not a comedy movie, but he has an opportunity to show his you know, comedic nature. And right. I, th- I think those are the movies that I like him in best. And I, I think it was a shame early on that a lot of people didn't take him seriously as an actor. They just him, saw him as a comedian. Um, but then I think when you had those two movies come out, people were like, oh, this guy is actually a, a talented performer. He's not just a funny man. He's, he's a talented guy. Um, right. And, and this movie too, this was the first movie. So when, it, when I heard uh, three years ago when Robin Williams died, um, this was the movie I wanted to watch. You know, I think within like a day or so, maybe the same day, but within a day or so, um, I, I, I thought, you know, I, I would really like to watch Good Morning Vietnam. And so I remember jumping on iTunes. I never rent any movies from iTunes. I always either go to the library to get them or, or whatever. So I don't have to, to pay for it. Um, but I went on and I rented this movie from iTunes cause I said, I thought, you know what? I just, I want to watch this movie. Cool. Yeah. It's, it is. It's fantastic. It's, 
And, and I would hazard a guess to say that, you know, and this is veering a little bit away from Good Morning Vietnam and, and more into the Robin Williams stuff. I would, and, and I've mentioned this a couple times on the show and we talked about it back when it happened. I would say that Robin Williams passing away, you know, usually when we, when we talk about, you know, a, an actor uh, passing away or something like that, you know, there are some people that are really affected by it. You know, I usually just think, oh, that's, that's sad. And I'm not, it doesn't really affect me and it doesn't bring anything to mind necessarily. Um, but I will say David Bowie and Robin Williams, when those two passed away, when David Bowie passed away, I was like, oh, that was a big part of my family. You know, we listened to David Bowie a lot. My dad loved David Bowie. Um, I have all these memories that tie David Bowie into growing up as a kid. And the same thing with Robin Williams. I have all these memories of watching his movies, watching it with family, uh, listening to the soundtrack with my dad. You know, there's a whole lot of Robin Williams in my, in, in my, you know, childhood and in my personal history. So I think when, when he passed away, that kind of was, it, it went along with the same kind of magnitude of a, a passing of David Bowie kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a gifted guy. <clears throat> and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you talk about comedians and, and comedians aren't necessarily funny people all the time. It's that's their act and they work on it and they, you know, hone it and all that. But a lot of them are very intelligent and, 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 well, not to say comedy is not intelligent, but they're very serious people. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's, I think that's what's cool about this movie is, yeah, it definitely shows off Robin Williams' comedic chops. And the character in it is a, a very, very funny man. But he's not a, he's not a buffoon. He's a very serious, very intellectual person that's like starting to call out what he's seeing around him that he thinks is wrong. It's just that he can do that through comedy. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that's, it's kind of a good parallel for the story and for real life where, yeah, this, he is a funny guy and yeah, he can make people laugh and he's trying to bring a little brightness into these guys' lives, but he's a very serious person and, and don't just because they use comedy to tell their, get, you know, spread their message doesn't mean that it shouldn't be taken seriously. Right. Either the character in the movie or Robin Williams as a performer in real life. So. So do you have a favorite scene in this movie? And I, and I don't mean so much like a favorite quote, cause we're definitely getting to that next, but is there a scene in particular in this movie that you like? And I, I will just, I'll go ahead and say, I've already said mine. It's the scene where he's surrounded by the trucks uh, full of the soldiers that are off, you know, going off to fight. Um, and he's having that little conversation with them before they go off. That's mine. So I've already, I've already said mine. So I'll leave it to the two of you to, to pick yours. Not necessarily favorite quote, but favorite scene. Go ahead, Bo. I think it's that, it's a bit of an extended scene, but it's that first scene where they wake him up, complaining about not even being in his own body, but then the second he sits in that chair, mm. it's like the switch is flipped and he's on. And it, to me, that has to be a lot like what it was like working with Robin Williams. Yeah. Like you're hanging out on set with this guy, you're having a good time. He's still goofy Robin Williams, but then that switch is flipped and he is just on. Yeah. Had to just be something to see. And I think there's a little of that in that Tone Hour character when he sits in that chair and he puts those headphones on. It's like the switch is flipped. 
he said, I, I listened to a, a speech that was given by the actual Adrian Cronauer, and he said some of the funny things about um, about being the DJ and, and doing that in the mornings was a lot of times that he wasn't necessarily as animated as Robin Williams is in the movie, because who could be? Um, but he, he did say something funny about the whole Good Morning Vietnam and, and the reason that it was all drawn out like that. Um, and he, he said, you know, it really is not quite the way he said Robin Williams does it, you know, for comedic effect and the whole good morning Vietnam. And he, he draws that whole thing out. He said, actually, as a DJ, sometimes I would sleep through my alarm and I needed to be up and, and start recording, start doing the broadcast at like six o'clock in the morning. And so, you know, when you, you roll out of bed, realizing that your alarm didn't go off and you haven't brushed your teeth and you haven't had your coffee yet and you, you get in and you sit down in that chair and all of a sudden they switch over to you and you don't have any of your records ready to go. You don't have anything yet. He said, the, the way we actually did it was I'd get there and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd sit down in the chair and they'd look at me, the light would come on and they'd point. And so I'd start off with good. And as he's, you know, as he's drawing out the word good, he's, he's like reaching, pretending to reach for his records and get everything all set up. And, and once he had it all set up, then he was like, good morning, Vietnam. And then he had everything ready to go. He's like, that's the reason I drew it out. It was because half the time I was half asleep and I was trying, I hadn't gotten anything ready. So I was drawing out the good. So it gave me time to grab records that I could throw on the, on the turntable and start playing. I know. But yeah, the, the real Adrian Konehauer was kind of an interesting guy. I, I listened to a couple of, uh, YouTube had a few interviews with him and uh, he talked a little bit about, um, kind of his experiences. He was only there for one year. Um, and I guess he was honorably discharged. So he did say that was a little bit of a difference between the movie and real life. Um, but, uh, yeah, not, not quite as animated as Robin Williams, but uh, a lot of soldiers. Well, I mean, who is right? Yeah. Was he there at the same time? 1965. I believe he said he was there from 65 to 66, but the show kept going and whoever took over after him continued the whole good morning Vietnam thing. So he said that sometimes he would have soldiers, that would come up to him, you know, later now, later in life. And, uh, they would say, you know what you, I remember, like, I, I felt like you were there with me and, you know, every morning I would listen to you. And, and he's like, oh yeah, when were you there? He's like, oh, I was there from, uh, uh, 67 to 69. He's like, well, it wasn't me. It was the other guy. <laughs> it, it, another guy kept it going. So they just, I, I guess people thought they didn't really pay that much attention. They just kind of thought that the good morning Vietnam guy was always Adrian Cronauer. So he, he says he still has people that will approach him and say, you know, Hey, I was there, you know, 69 to 70 and, and, uh, you were there every morning and I love listening to you. And he's like, well, it it wasn't me. Swing and a miss. Yeah. Right. That's funny. All right. Uh, Pat, did you say what your scene was? No. Cause you know what? I'm going to say what you, uh, I think you said this in uh, last week's, or you're going to say this in next week's podcast. You guys took both of my scenes. It was the, the, the scene where he's talking to the guys on the trucks. And then you mentioned that. And I'm like, okay, I'll go for the silver metal scene. I'll go right when they wake him up and bam, he's into it. Yeah. And both took that. So I've been sitting here kind of like, okay, what would be like my third favorite scene to get another scene out there? And uh, I, I haven't been able to come up with one. I mean, those, those two scenes that you mentioned were just so powerful and well done, you know, for that reason, I, I suppose, you know, maybe the, maybe the, maybe the exchange, well, that gets into the quotes, but maybe the exchange with Sergeant Major Dickerson, where, you know, he is just hardcore and, you know, 
and he finally opens up. He's not, he's not like, you know, Arlie Emery in, uh, in, um, full metal jacket level, but he dresses down Cronauer pretty good. And mm-hmm. you shut your hole and blah, 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 blah. And what is, what is three off. up? What does three up and three down mean to you, Airman? End of an inning. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because he says, sir, I work for a living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but then, um, you know, he just goes off on him and then he says something to the effect of, uh, you know, he reminds me of Donna Reed, yeah. especially around the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's also, and it's, I'm sorry, I'm getting into the quotes, but it's the whole scene. And when he finally gets him and he's like, yes, Sergeant Major Dickerson. And the way he says it, the tone of his voice is just, like I said, there's, there's a lot to that scene that just paints those two guys, their characters. And, and as awesome as Robin Williams is, and he's the hero and, and everything like that, uh, that I forget his name, the the actor's portrayal is Sergeant Major Dickerson. I mean, Mm. that is that is he does a he does an excellent job of, of, of being the uh, of being the uh, what would you call it the bad guy or the um, yeah the, the man foil? yeah he's um, what's his name what's that actor's well, name you'd, you'd think he's a little crazy but he's not crazy he's just mean and this is just radio right that's right uh, well, it was uh, J T J T yeah that guy I, I forget J T Walsh yeah he does a great job J T Walsh is his name <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say that scene, the, the scene where those two, I mean, you know, those two actors, th- those two guys can just go at it. it that's, yeah. that's very well, that's very well done. All right. Well, this is probably going to take us to the very end of the, uh, of the episode here, but uh, let's, I, I'm not even going to limit, I'm not even going to try to limit you to one. Uh, what are some of your favorite quotes? And, and and I need well, you to give I'm me. I need you to. You know every what? Voiceover by Robin well, Williams. I mean, yeah. Right. I mean, I need you to give me these quotes ASAP, uh, if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing as well, I mean, seeing as how the VP is such a VIP, shouldn't we keep yes. the PC on the QT? Because if it leaks to the VC, he could end up MIA, and then we'd all be put on KP. Yes, that is a classic. <laughs> Sir, in my heart, I know that I'm funny. <laughs> Five months in Vietnam, and my best friend is a VC. This will not look good on a resume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I just thought of my favorite scene. Yeah. When he's teaching, when he's teaching that class. Yes. And he, he goes in there to meet that. There's, 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 there's got to be the next favorite scene. When mm-hmm. someone cuts you off and hits you in the face, you say, they, we are full of. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Um, the whole any of the any of the bit with Roosevelt e. Roosevelt is good. Yes. Um, Roosevelt, where are you Cron- stationed in? <laughs> the Cronkite one. Yes. I just want to say to Roosevelt e. Roosevelt what it is, what it shall be, what it was. Weather out there today, yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff. And then, <laughs> and then they flip to, and then they flip to the, uh, the the guys taking all the phone calls, and the one guy that was smoking the cigar—I forget the the character's name—but he's like, mm-hmm. "No, I don't think it was Walter Cronkite." Yeah, I'm very. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> what was the um? Well, and then I and then I love how um. Uh, Marty Drywitz, the the guy, the same actor, Robert Wall, who was also in Batman and Bull Durham. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I love how in those other scenes, you just see him. You, I love seeing the guys crack up in the background. Yeah. When you see them sitting back in the other booth and they're just, they're, they're, they've completely lost it. And, and I feel like a good portion of that is them genuinely laughing at Robin Williams. Well, they have to be. Yeah. You know, they, I mean, they just set him in the chair and let him go. Right. <laughs> just like, you know, you they, 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 they had, he was in his trailer and then they shook him up and they, they probably gave him, you know, a little bit of Coke and, not the drink yeah. kind, and they, uh, you know, send him out there and, and let him do his thing. Uh-huh. And, and uh, he performed quite well. Mm-hmm. Monavani, that's what they play to insomniacs that don't respond to s- strong drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's try to slow it a little slower. If you're recovering from a hangover, that's going to sound just right. Uh, let's put her, let's try it a little faster. See if that picks up a bit. These, uh, those pilots are going, I really like the music. I really like the music. I really like the music. Nice shiny green suit. You look like an oriental leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> we realize that we're having a very difficult time finding the enemy. It isn't easy to find a Vietnamese man named Charlie. They're all named Win or Tran or well, how do you how are you going about it? Well, we walk up to someone and we say, Are you the enemy? And if they say yes, we shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> Those girls were designed by a scientist named Dr. Feintush. (laughs) Yep. Hmm. Oh, I don't know. There are plenty of things I can think of. Maybe go downtown and try to find a Vietnamese man named Phil. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could just quote the entire thing. Yeah, Yeah. I can see... You know, he's funny. He's like a Marx brother. <laughs> and which Marx brother would that be? <laughs> Wasn't he the one with the hat? <laughs> you know, you're very beautiful. You're also very quiet. I'm not used to girls being that quiet unless they're medicated. Normally, I go out with girls who talk so much, you could hook them up to a wind turbine and they could power a small New Hampshire town. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's a newsflash. Today, President Lyndon Johnson passed a highway beautification bill. The bill basically said that his daughters could not drive in a convertible on public highways. Yeah. And these are just the ones we can say on the podcast. You're right, yeah. There's a, there's a whole bunch I'm not going to say. Uh-huh. So, it, I mean, it, it definitely, this movie is definitely a vehicle for Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think that's, you know, and I, I'm not, I definitely don't agree with that critic that seemed to, you know, just take a, take a rogering to everything in it. Seemed out of his ever-loving mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely don't agree with that. But I can see where, you know, like we've discussed in the other movies, what is this? Okay, this, this war movie is a character study between the good and the bad. Okay, this war movie is going to focus on this. This war... I mean, this is definitely like, okay, we're going to put Vietnam as, as the backdrop. And even, and that's why, you know, the real Adrian Cronauer comes out and says, well, this, you know, it's all, what did he say? 45% true. Um, it's because, okay, we're going to use this source material and, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to put a, a message in there for people that will see it, but we're, we're going to, this is a vehicle for Robin Williams to really let go. And I'm trying to think, are there any other movies that he does that in? 
Um, Aladdin. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I would, I would say Aladdin and uh, maybe Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay. Probably not. So, probably not as much as in this one. You know, because he I, Aladdin maybe so because then you have all those all those times where it's just the you know the genie just going off on his rants and his tangents and but I feel like this one I mean his brand of humor is just like the nonstop it it, it it's like a radio disc jockey and so it's just that yeah. kind of nonstop you know quick fire uh, little bits and pieces and and the whole the whole thing of him being on the radio and and having to say you know a couple of quick little things between the songs but then also to, to deliver the news you know the news are going to they're going to be done in these short quick little bursts is just it it's perfect and like the people who picked out this movie and said Robin Williams this has to be Robin Williams i think they picked the perfect role for him to be in it was just it fit his style of humor and his delivery perfectly and i think that's why this movie did so well right is Agreed. that is that a joke? Maybe. <laughs> Time Life Magazine is considering publishing two of my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. That's not military issue, Airman. What sort of uniform is that? It's Cretan camouflage, sir. If you want to blend in with a bunch of drunken Greeks, there's nothing better. That is humor. I recognize that. Yeah. Hmm. Sir, you're not funny. Ask around. What was that? What was that guy's name? What was the lieutenant? Uh, uh, Stephen Hawk. Yeah. Yeah. Lieutenant Hawk. Eat a bag of crap. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to hard to miss that one. There's not too much gray area in that one. What is? How did he describe it? Yeah. Oh no, I know what it was. Lieutenant Hawk. Eat a bag of crap. You suck. <laughs> yeah. He's like, sir. Not too much gray area yeah. in that one. <laughs> yeah, that is good. Sir, these letters are unequivocal. Hey, Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much to the point, sir. Not much gray area on this one. <laughs> yeah, there's, and, there, and there's a couple, there's a couple of others that I can't even read. What was that? A couple of others that I can't even read. Yeah. I have. Yeah, when, personal, it's military politics. They like him better than they like you. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what that means, sir, but it seems very negative to me. Uh. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I don't know <laughs> what that means, but it seems negative. Uh-huh. <laughs> we got one letter from a man who thought that Hawk's comedy was quote visionary and interesting. The other eleven hundred calls say that the man can't do comedy to save his. And that's a direct quote, sir. <laughs> As he realizes he's talking to a general. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, I, other than quoting the entire movie, right, what else do we need Which to say to anybody who hasn't seen this movie anyway. yet? What, what, what else do we say to anybody who has not seen this movie yet? Oh. Have you been living under a rock? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, what a, what a great... Uh, same thing. I mean, unfortunately, he... Uh, you know, took his life a couple of years ago, but I mean, for generations that are coming up, hey, you know, this this is a great movie to maybe a little bit of a more softer introduction to uh, the Vietnam War mm-hmm. and a great introduction to Robin Williams. Yeah. Screw that. You know, because, well, you know, I mean, yeah, he's great in Popeye, but he's acting in that, not just doing the comedy thing. Uh, he's great in Good Will Hunting. 
He's great. You know, he's great. He, he can act. He, he can, he has these chops, but that, but his actual comedy, unless you show them stand up tapes. Right. Um, but, but this would be a great, you know, kind of everything all put together. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah. So, so I think, yeah. So I I think for me, this is of all the movies that we're looking at this month for the war movies. I, I, this is definitely my favorite, but this is probably one of my favorites of all time. And I, I think this is, if you want, if you want a movie that's going to give you probably one of the best depictions of Robin Williams doing what he's best at, um, would be in this movie, but then it's also going to give you, you know, it's, it's not a comedy movie. So it's also going to give you the drama. It's going to give you the you know, kind of the bits and pieces of the Vietnam War without being the psychologically torturous movies that, while good movies, um, that Hamburger Hill, Platoon, um, you know, the, the one we're doing next week with Full Metal Jacket, um, you know, the, it's not going to give you that. Like, you can still watch this movie and have been, um, you can have been entertained. Right. Which I think is difficult to say with those other movies. While while good quality movies, I don't know that you're you're going to feel entertained by those movies. Maybe you can, but but if you do, and if you and do, if you do <laughs> and if you do, no, Phil, he's not all right. Amanda does not refer to Pat Boone as a beautiful genius if things are all right. <laughs> all right, and we're back. Here's the news. All the news is new and approved by the U.S. Army, the sweetest smelling army in the world. Great Britain recognized the island state of Singapore. Okay. That's, otherwise, I'm just going to keep going. So I, Viva Dang. Yeah, there you go. The that's nightmare. one of those lines that just, someone will say something completely unrelated, but it will have that same cadence to mm-hmm. it. Yep. And it'll like fly through your brain. Yep. Just for no good reason, you know? Yeah. You kind of chuckle to yourself, and someone's like, "What's funny?" You're like, "Nah, you wouldn't understand." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be inside my head for that to be funny. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for Good Morning Vietnam for us. Uh, next week, we are going to be taking a look at Full Metal Jacket. So we we go from the lighthearted to the not so lighthearted uh, Full Metal Jacket. So that uh, we'll be taking a look at that one next week. So if you want to. Go ahead and watch that one and join us as we talk about it next week. Then you got a few days to do that. Um, otherwise, so coming on down the line, we've got Full Metal Jacket next week. And then after Full Metal Jacket, we are we are leaving the war. We are exiting the war. And uh, we are headed, well, I guess we're headed into another kind of war. Uh, a, a space war, if you will. Um, in another movie that we probably will spend the entire episode just quoting things. I would think. Because we're doing space balls. And I, and I, and I will tell you, there were a couple of people as we were standing out. I, I almost wanted to quote the line from Spaceballs. There were a few, some people coming in from their cars in the parking lot as we're all standing out today, looking for the sun and can't find the sun because of all the clouds. People are like, "Have you seen it?" No. You're like, "Have you seen it?" No. And people are like, "Have you seen it?" And I, I wanted to quote the line: "We ain't found." We ain't found. <laughs> Have you combed the desert? <laughs> you think we're taking this literally, sir? So, uh, yeah, so that one, uh, two more weeks. we got Spaceballs coming up, and then after that is our big uh, sesquicentennial 150th episode of movie music, which we need to furiously work on our uh, our Google Doc that we set up for ourselves with our, our top fives of all kinds of different movie music categories. So uh, we 
this. We need to do that. In, in between the stuff like work and family and those things. Oh, those things? Because yeah. apparently those things exist too. Yeah. You know, they're out there. Um, so uh, in the meantime, you can uh, find us on 30podcast.com. If you go to 30podcast.com, you can find us there. Uh, you'll also find links there to be able to email us, to call into the love line if you want to. Uh, call in and, and give us some feedback on movies we've talked about or ones that we've got coming up soon. If you've got something you want to say and you want to be featured on the show, then you can call in there to our line. It's 87235-MOVIE. It's 872-356-6843. Um, or you can find that on our website, too. We are on Twitter. That's usually where we're most active on social media, at uh, 30podcast. We're on Facebook, 30podcast on there as well. And you can listen to us through Stitcher, Satchel, Google Play, iTunes, and directly on our website at 30podcast.com. So um, in the meantime, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. And good night, Bo. Good night, Pat. Good night, John. And we will see you all back here next week for Full Metal Jacket. So, so steal yourself for that one because it's, it's not quite as lighthearted and fun as this one. Not so much. Prepare yourselves. All right. We will see you all next time. The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky, are also on the faces of people going by. I see friends shaking hands, saying, how do you do? Cry. I watch them grow, they like much more than I ever knew, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Good morning, Vietnam! Hey, this is not a test. This is rock and roll. Time to rock it from the Delta to the DMZ. Is that me or does that sound like an Elvis Presley movie? Viva Da Nang. Oh, Viva Da Nang. Da Nang me, Da Nang me. Why don't they get a rope and hang me? Hey, is this a little too early for being that loud? Hey, too late. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Speaking of early, how about that Cro-Magnon, Marty Drywitz? Thank you, Marty, for silky smooth sound. Make me sound like Peggy Lee. Freddie and the Dreamers. The wrong speed. We've got it on the wrong speed. For those of you who are recovering from a hangover, that's going to sound just right. Let's pull it right back down. Let's try a little faster. See if that picks it up a little bit. Let's get up on 718. Those pilots are going right now. I